Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation, the restaurant guest experience podcast where I talk to industry experts to get their strategies and tactics you can use to create a five-star guest experience. This podcast, as always, is sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based real-time guest feedback platform that helps restaurants measure and improve their guest experience. Learn more at ovationup.com. And today, this podcast is years in the making. Uh, This is with the one, the only, Mr. Michael McHenry. How are you, Michael? Zach, my man, we're here. We finally made it, dude. We We, did it. We finally made it onto your platform. And dude, I can't wait to just, man, for one, that shirt you're wearing, dude. I mean, you're just your your personality, your smile, you're as bright as that shirt you're wearing right now. So I'm excited <laughs> to get into it today. Well, I got to say, Michael, uh, you are a hairspiration for me. I mean, like <laughs> your hair is Bro. fire. Uh, I'm I'm probably I'm probably a little bit older than you, but your hair is looking fly, man. So I'm I got something to aspire to. Bro, and- listen, as long as I have it, I'm celebrating it because that hairline over time, <laughs> yours doesn't look like it, but mine's starting to creep back on me. So I'm going to celebrate it for as long as I have it, man. No doubt. There we go. And he's coming at us hot in his uh, Mercedes AMG GT. Uh, and so grateful that you're you're joining us. Currently here. parked. Currently parked. However, oh, that's true. That's safe. that's a yeah. good. That's yeah, a good thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and he tells me he tells me it goes pretty fast. I've never been in it, but you know, yeah. looking forward to that. We got to make and that happen. For those who don't know Michael McHenry, there may be a couple of people, uh, but he <laughs> he's the founder of the McHenry Group which has some incredible brands like Sunday's Best, Oak Wood Fire Kitchen, uh, Pica Rica Barbecue, and decades of restaurant experience. And one of his claim to fame in my book is one of my top 10 favorite dishes of all time. Not like in a category, but like you you lump up every single dish that I've had in my entire life and – one of the top 10 dishes is from uh, Oak, which is, and you know what it is. What, what, what would you guess it is? I bet Michael? it's going to be the, it's got to be the baked goat cheese. It is the baked pepperoni. goat cheese. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. That, that's like, that's like one, one, that's one menu item we run year round that we'll never take off. If we did, I think we'd get picketed and go out of business. Yeah, I I literally, yeah. I mean, if you are atheist, go to Oak. It's in it's in Utah. Go to Oak, get the appetizer, uh, the the baked goat cheese, and it it will make you believe in God again. I mean, it is it is that good, <laughs> dude. I honestly, I've never heard it said better. And I I honestly, dude, although I'm very God fearing, I um, I do believe in you. I I uh, I believe in you, and I believe in any of those that may ultimately take that on as a a little bit of a bite of surprise because I think it will get you believing in the higher power because it's that good. Well, and, and here's the thing. I just, sorry, I just need to like talk about this dish for a second, but it, yeah, like please. literally the first time I had it, it brought tears to my eyes. It's, it's art. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> and to me, goat cheese kind of tastes a little bit like grandma's attic. Like it tastes like yeah. I'm kind of licking one of the boxes up there and it's a little yeah, bit yeah, of it's a, a little, dusty, it's, musky. Yeah. but yep. that goat cheese app is just what you have done with that is, is, miraculous so anyway on behalf of the world thank you yeah. well well co- compliments to our wonderful chefs and the culinarians that that put it together you know my my big vision and concept and and concept reality and creation is like i really want to find those wonderful elements and opportunities that we can take something like a baked goat cheese with our oak bread out of the wood fire oven and you know dip it into the goat cheese and stir up a great conversation and connect through those bites and it's so fun to work with these culinarians because we never quite know what's going to come to the table what we just know is i want to enrich in those 
those moments and the baked goat cheese is just one of those, like you hit a staple and you just stick with it. And, you know, each of the brands that I've ever been a part of, whether I was, I was hired to take it to some form of, of scale or, or greater performance, or, you know, I ultimately incubated it together with my partners and my friends. And, you know, every one of those menus has, has a glowing staple to it. If not, you know, one, two, maybe three, sometimes even more, but at least one to two. And that will be forever on the Oak. Uh, menu. Yeah. I mean, it, I it mean, is it is our ultimate staple. We, we just had on David Dottie, who um, owns Lehigh Bakery, uh, uh-huh. and and they're really yeah, yeah. they're famous. Their staple is their square glazed donuts, and uh-huh. like there is not a a better like just when you talk about a glazed donut. I mean, that is just eleven out of ten. But again, yes, they have other stuff that's good. But like your staple, what you're known for, and when you look at your concepts, though, Michael, like this this is the thing that I want to ask you. How do you come up with these concepts? Because because all of your restaurants are so unique and so different, yeah. and you do fine dining, you do you do fast casual, and you do you know like your your Sunday's best. It is such a memorable experience there, and yeah. like not only is the food good, but but that is a place where the sizzle matches the steak. And so yeah. how, how do you come up with such a variety of concepts? What's the, what are some of the common threads that you've used to, to make them successful? Well, well, I love Zach that you're bringing this up because it gives me such a chance on, I believe a platform that's so broadly known in our industry in so many ways. And you're such a, a voice for, for industry. And, and so I appreciate this wonderful question because I'm not romantic about just building another concept. You know, there's, there are concept tours and, 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 you know, whether boutique or large scale companies in the industry that, you know, they're always looking for the next idea. They're always looking for like, what, what's, what's next, what's next, what's next. And, and, and I'm just different. Like I look at it where there are opportunities in the marketplace, but I, I truly, I came in this business from the guest perspective. Like I wasn't like a, I wasn't a server or a busser or like a line cook or, you know, I didn't go to culinary school. I'm not like, you know, I'm not obsessed with wine or cheese. I'm obsessed with people. Interesting. And, and so when you look at my concepts, I build them with the guest in mind. Always. I don't build them with my menu. I don't build them with my pro forma. I don't build them with, you know, my, uh, my obsession with, with uh, cheese, like I mentioned before, or, or, you know, my love for anthropology or the design of space, I do it with Zach in mind mm-hmm. every single time. And, and I'm like, you know, I really believe that, that right now, what this neighborhood needs more than anything is, is a place of celebration. We're coming out of the pandemic. It's Sunday's best. Everyone's been kind of locked in their homes. They're running for the hills. They've, they've, you know, they've, they felt very captive, you know, good, bad, or ugly, whatever their reasons may be. And, and everybody's validated in, in how they feel. I knew it was time to celebrate. And with Sunday's best, like what I wanted you to capture in that essence was like when you pop a bottle of champagne or Martinelli's, whoever it is, whatever you're doing, but you pop that bottle of champagne, you hear that cork pop off. The fizz hits the top. Those bubbles start to roll over and everyone's just excited. It's very rare you ever see somebody cheers or pop a bottle of champagne and people go, you know, that kind of excitement. And I wanted that very essence of like pouring out the champagne while it's running over the bottle right into the glass. And I thought in my mind, like, what's more like connective and, and greater, you know, what's more normal than pancakes and what's more celebratory than champagne. And if I put it into a space that makes everybody who walks through the door, no matter who they are, feel beautiful. I think we're going to win. 
And so when you talk about Sunday's best specifically, like to me, I, w- I wanted to create a space where I could give people permission to celebrate again during yeah. a time when, when we lost two years of it. And what I didn't know, Zach, is that the neighborhood would just ha- show up like hand over fist year after year. We're two years in now. We just had a record-breaking weekend. It, it wasn't Mother's <laughs> Day. It wasn't Easter. Like It was literally just last weekend. And, and I stand back in that. And what I realize is the food is awesome. The environment is, is totally kick-ass and, and, and the team is just remarkable, but what it really is. And what I believe it to be is that when people walk through the door at Sunday's best, they just feel welcomed and they feel beautiful. They feel seen. And when you can give somebody that you can really change how someone feels through food, that's a big deal. And the McHenry group, that's just what we do. Whether it's hot honey pepperonis in a, in a neighborhood bistro like Oak, where we said, hey, let's reintroduce what it means to be a true neighborhood restaurant. Because that was the time, if you're familiar with Draper, Utah and 123rd South, you have every QSR and every fast casual on the planet Earth is there. And it's yeah. one of their best locations, right? They have some of their greatest AUVs on that street. And it became so commercialized, which I appreciate so much of that industry. I mean, I cut my teeth for 10 years in fast casual encounter service. I've owned and operated, built and sold or scaled and sold uh, in that vertical. But I also knew that like that neighborhood needed a neighborhood bistro. And at a time when we kind of went away from that, we re-entered the market in a way that was like, this is how it should be. The chef lives in the neighborhood. The kids that are working the hot, the host stand, go to the local you know, go to the local high school and there's the menu items that are approachable. And so that's really how we do it and why we do it. Like I'm here for the people just so happens that, that food and beverage and beautiful spaces are the connector to that. I think that is such a great concept because if you start, if you start with the guest and, and not their taste buds, but with their heart, right? What are they wanting to feel? What are they wanting to be? What are they wanting to connect with? And here's the thing. So many other restaurants, they start with the convenience factor. Then they build up to consistency. Then they build up to connection. You flip that totally on its head and you say, nah, let's start with connection and let's make sure that we're consistent. And you know what? Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be that convenient when you kind of start that way. Right. Because like for me, for example, getting value creation. Your Oak location, for example, it isn't for me, it's not the most convenient to get to. It's not, it's not right off the totally. freeway. There's it's not it's a classy real estate in an A demographic. Yeah. It's like, exactly. you got to take three, you have to take like three left or right turns or something to even get into the parking lot. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so and you do, you, you have to take that left turn and then you take that right turn and you kind of like loop around a little bit. Like it's not, it's not necessarily apparent. You're not getting the, the uh, walk, the foot traffic coming sure, by. Sure. I don't think, yeah. you know, it's like you, you've got like a, across the street, there's like a math, a math place, but like you go yeah. there, you go to a Michael McHenry restaurant because that is the entertainment. That's the experience yeah. you're going for. Thank it's you. not, it's not Thank coming you. out of your grocery budget. This is coming yeah. out of your entertainment budget, you know? Yeah, totally. But and, and it, it's, it's interesting, Zach, as you say it as well, beautifully said is those kind of those layers 
are very much like the very traditional and 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 high proof of concept and, and successful architecture and how to build a business inside of our vertical. I actually did that. You know, I had the wonderful opportunity to be on the founding team at Costa Vida when I was just a kid. And that's exactly how I joined the organization and worked through the layers. And we built that business very much in 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 the framework that you had just shared. And you know, 20 years later, they're having their most relevant years. Right now, it's wild to see what they've been able to do. But when we first started, it was like, well, everybody knows this Cafe Rio place that smothers burritos and serves Tomatillo Ranch and sweet pork. They're like, what are you going to do that, that differentiates? And we're like, we're going to bring lifestyle. We're going to bring Baja energy. We're going to bring a different level of service environment and, and experience. And I was building this new muscle that I start with today at 19 and 20 years old in the business when I had no idea I was actually building that muscle. I was just listening to my smart founders and and the leaders. I'd never even managed a business before, let alone like have the opportunity to have such responsibility at scale at that point. And and uh, it, it's a bit of our cheat code. Like everything we do, from hiring to our culture to our development to our guest engagement to our menu creation to our restaurant design to our concept creation, is all rooted at our guest obsession. And if you don't get it, you just don't fit on our brand. Like you just don't fit within our org. Like our org is guest obsessed, period. It's just it. And if you're not, like we we may appreciate you. You may be a you may be a radically talented culinarian or a highly efficient, you know, a restaurant manager. But if you don't get the obsession and sharing the obsession with the guests, you just don't make it in our culture. And how, how do you, speaking of like the, that whole concept of guest experience, what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? How you make them feel. Because that translates, feeling creates essence, essence creates opportunity, right? When you, when Zach walks in and he, and he, he walks into one of our restaurants and all of a sudden you're like, you're walking off the curb, like you walk in, you're like, dude, this isn't like a strip mall in the middle of Draper. It's like. So it's like dairy farmers and Mormons, not like culinarians in this neighborhood bistro. And they've, they've got like a sophisticated wine list and like great offerings. And it, the decor is awesome. Like we wanted to kind of like step out of the norm into a new experience. So it starts for us at the front door, but you sit down to that goat cheese and you walk into that and that environment and the team serves you. There's a feeling that creates and that feeling selfishly for us creates advocacy. Yeah. And, and that advocacy, nothing ignites advocacy greater than feeling, period. I'll argue that. I'll proof that to anyone, any day, all day long. I don't, you can say whatever you want to say about how awesome the chicken sandwich tastes, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's when they eat that sandwich and they're like, woof, it's warming my belly. Like I get this feeling of just Nashville. I get this feeling of just texture and excitement and flavor. It's still a feeling. Yeah. It's not like a moment. It's a feeling. And, and the feelings, believe it or not, are what are easiest for people to articulate. Although it oftentimes we go, Oh, I have a challenge sharing my feeling. Not when you appreciate it. Not when you love it. Right. Cause, cause, yeah. cause you know that, you know, that happiness, you know, that love and listen, people want to share love. So, so let's, let's say Michael, that we're sitting down with a group of people who, you know, they've got maybe 10, 20, 30 locations and and maybe they didn't start with this pizzazz, right? They don't. They, yeah. They're not the personification of champagne sure. uncorking. Totally, yeah. What, what are some things that you would recommend to them? Some pieces of advice that you would give them to put that in, kind of after the fact. Well, the beautiful thing is, is I've actually been there, right? I've been at that level of scale, 
You know, like some of my resume resume in my past is, I mean, my first 10 years in the business, I was on emerging, like I was in emerging brands and emerging brands only. So it was like from incubation or ideation, incubation, launch to market, then scale and ultimately sell in many ways. And so multi-unit is really where I cut my teeth. So all the things that I talk about are bottled up and, and work at scale, right? Mm. Um, and so like one of the big things that I would say that I have to remind myself as we take anything to a bigger scale is that we always look for opportunities to continue to greater humanize the experience, right? Yeah. I love efficiencies. I love platforms. Um, I love the advancements in, in cooking. I mean, geez, conveyor belts and impingement and, and POS advances. There's so much technology, even bots now. And, and I look at these large brands that are investing in bots and other bits, which I, in many ways I really appreciate so long as they take and reallocate some of that, that like gained cost or margin and they invest it in a way that they can greater humanize the experience. So it's like, if we're able to remove some that are directly guest facing, we drive some efficiencies through greater technology platform you know, innovation in our kitchens, does that allow us one to two more people that can humanize even a greater service experience in our dining rooms or at our registers? That to me is like one of the biggest North stars that people can point to at scale, which is like, what can we do? We're driving efficiencies, we're driving viability, we're increasing profitability, or maybe we're fighting the trenches to get our brand of 25 to 30 to it to a, a greater economic value. And, and I can just, I can promise you this, from someone who has managed that large business to someone who's literally left that large business to get a 67 seat restaurant, you know, in the suburbs and, and went back just to the basics of just like focusing on how people feel and how do I create a more humanizing experience, you know, in this commercialized and innovative market and environment where everybody wants to push on the advancements of smart tech. I love it. And at the same time, like, I think it's a beautiful tool. So I would just say humanize, baby, like humanize where, you know, you can. And speaking yeah. of different humans, who's someone that you follow? Who's someone that we should uh, that deserves an ovation? <laughs> someone that we should be following in the industry, Oof. or just dude? By the way, in, some inspiration just, for you. I love the fact that I'm on here with you because Zach, I'm such a fan of you, dude. Oh. I I've been a fan of your energy for geez, how many years has it been? Like four or five or something? Yeah, yeah. At this point, like four or five. Just understanding, like just the evolution of my own brands and my own growth during this time. And so again, I just I appreciate you so much, dude. There's there's really a couple people that come to my mind when I think about this. One is my culinary partner, my thought partner, one of my closest friends, Chef Tyler Stokes. He came from fine dining. Um, he owns Provisions in Mill Creek which oh, is yeah, like yeah. one of one of Utah's like number one spots for dinner. I mean, the dude is just literally, literally a wizard, but he Pro- understands phenomenal. Yeah. Provisions. And so like Tyler Stokes is such a stud. The other dude that I feel like is again, just another up and coming yet wonderful talent uh, is Lane, uh, Lane Montoya. He goes by uh, lefty. And he just recently opened Ogden, uh, uh, Ogden River Brewery there in uh, Ogden on the river. And that's another dude. And he has Wimp and Fritz Tacos as well. Have you ever met him before? No. Lefty? 
no. that dude, he deserves an ovation as well because he's just so unique. Like the dude, just like he started his whole business on the back of a food truck. Now he owns like a 12,000 square foot brewery. He's got brick and mortar. He's got a food truck. He grew up in Rose Park. He grew up in a boxing gym. He spent a ton of his time like developing young talents and kind of interesting. He owns a brewery, owns bars, owns restaurants, and he's completely sober. No, which way. is also really cool. So he <laughs> he spends a lot of time in like the the NA space, which is like the non alcoholic brews. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a huge so, athletic fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you've got like those component or those those two guys, Chef Tyler Stokes of Provisions and and uh, Lefty Lane uh, Montoya of of Ogden Brewery and Wimp and Fritz Tacos. Those dudes are studs. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna be checking yeah, them out. Me. Uh, and then, Michael, where can people go to learn more about the McHenry Group? Dude, well, um, the best place to find us is on Instagram, right? Just at Michael McHenry. That's my own personal handle. That's a, that is a platform that I actually manage on my own. If I'm DMing you or messaging you, liking you, liking a photo of yours or engaging with you in the comments, that's 100% me. Um, and so that's a great place. You can also follow the McHenry Group on Instagram, at the McHenry Group. And you can follow us at, at the McHenry Group, uh, dot com as well. And you can see all the just all the stuff that we have moving, whether that's our existing brands and experiences, whether that's in our, whether that's in our entertainment side and the division, the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we run a lot of private events. We, we host a lot of, uh, of, of interesting parties. In fact, we have our prom party coming up uh, here in just a couple of months with, uh, with new year's Eve. Uh, we always throw a, a prom, uh, new year's Eve party. That's and so that's cool. coming up here soon. And we open that up to the public. So yeah. Uh, Instagram and web are the best places. And then of course, in our dining rooms, you can catch me during peaks at any of our dining rooms. I typically rotate to the kind of the busiest locations on the busiest days. And, and uh, please say hello to me in the dining room. Hey, that's true. I have, he has served me my goat cheese app before. So, <laughs> well, Michael, for giving me hope for both the future of guest experience and my hair. Today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us and giving ovation. Much love, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite place to listen. We're all about feedback here. Again, this episode was sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based actionable guest feedback platform built for multi-unit restaurants. If you'd like to learn how we can help you measure and create a better guest experience, visit us at OvationUp.com.